Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith. Welcome to another edition of Illinois Family Spotlight. I am David Smith. And I am here with some special guests today. Monty Larrick is out on special assignment, but he's coming back a little later today, and we're going to record an interview with a special someone. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the troublesome twosome uh, in, in the near future. But today sitting in with me is my daughter, Jenna Smith, who is with Self-Evident Podcast. Jenna, where can they find Self-Evident Podcast? You can find the Self-Evident Podcast wherever you tune in to listen to podcasts. So oh, Spotify, anywhere. Apple, iTunes. Pocket Cast? That's my favorite one, Pocket Cast. Absolutely. All right. Wherever Sounds you'd good. like to listen to us. And uh, you and uh, three other, four other uh, young ladies uh, have a, uh, a podcast and you talk about the issues of the day. Uh, and you talk about what used to be self-evident truths, right? Yes, that's right. We'd we'd want to come and address topics uh, that are happening in the culture, in theology, um, in politics, and we want to uh, address everything through a biblical worldview. Good. So our motto is dedicated to speaking truths that were once self-evident and doing so in love. All right, self-evident podcast. But today I am sitting with uh, Mr. Tom Burroughs, or Thomas Burroughs, he is uh, a kind of a newbie to Illinois Family Institute. Uh, his one-year anniversary is uh, just passed. Happy anniversary. Happy Thank anniversary. And, um, and it's kind of an interesting story, Tom, that how you came about to work with IFI because you had been retired. And yet you were at a men's conference in O'Fallon, Illinois, an Iron Sharpens Irons Men's Conference, um, and we had a workshop there, and Pastor Caesar LaFleur, Reverend Caesar LaFleur, was giving that workshop, talking about um, the exodus out of government schools. And what happened? You, that kind of struck you as an interesting topic, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I smile. First of all, whenever I hear the name Thomas, it brings back harsh memories oh. from my father, <laughs> but well, that's a whole separate subject. Um, no, David, you're right. I had just retired from a 40-plus year career in corporate America. I also did some entrepreneurial things and did some startup businesses. I dealt, school? I had a, a school in Edwardsville, Illinois. Yep. Um, it was secular, but it was big. Mm-hmm. I started it from the ground up. So I had some experience. And children have always mattered to me. Education has always mattered to me. Uh, I even continued my education in my 30s where I got my master's. Um, at, down at the University of Chicago when I lived up here. So education's always been really important to me, but so have, so have children. Um, so we had a choice um, of who we would go listen to. Right. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me to go listen to a subject called public school exit. I thought I knew, and I think that's the continuing surprise with me, is I thought I knew, and everybody I talked to about this subject thinks they know until you really hear it. And Pastor LaFleur, David Smith, all of you guys at IFI um, just do a great job of talking about what is a difficult subject. It, it comes across as political, but it's not. It's all biblical. And children are at risk in Illinois public schools. They're at risk in national 
nationally in public schools. I got so motivated that I walked over to you and said, you know, I've lived up north. I live down here now. If you ever need any help, just give me a holler. And thank the Lord, a month later, I started working as the southern... (laughs) Well, you followed up on that Monday and talked to me, and you sent me your resume, and and when we got the resume, I'm like, this guy, we need to get on board. <laughs> well, thank you. It was an honor. You know, yeah. I, I'm not a theologian. I'm not an educator. I'm a businessman. Um, I look at things kind of through that lens. Yeah. But as I try to catch up on the, the biblical side, and I've always been a Christian, but I, I'm a real growing Christian. Yeah, we, we all are. You know, yes. I was one of those that by 1130 on Sunday, I was thinking about work. <laughs> or, or the Packers or the Bears or whatever. So a uh, um, uh, biblical worldview is uh, a, a wonderful summary of how I viewed the world, but I never would have used that phrasing. So anyhow, uh, I now, um, if you'll let me, sure. uh, we were out informing people about what was going on, and we were oftentimes getting asked, um, what can we do about it? And Caesar did a great job of just developing like a three-legged stool strategy. One was inform, one was help implement, I mean, give people answers, and the third was invest, and we had nothing. So David and the board of IFI and Caesar uh, came up with this idea of a foundation. So we started the Good Soil, Good Seed Scholarship Foundation. And I mess that up all the time. (laughs) Yeah, people can't can't quite get us the seed I, I, before I, I, the good, soil. Yeah, good yeah. seed, good soil. It's No, it's good soil, good seed. Yeah. We call it GS2 around here just to make it easier. Yeah. But uh, we now have a website, www.gsgsfoundation.com. That's gsgsfoundation.com. And uh, we started, you know, soliciting uh, donations at the IFI banquet at the end of October. And uh, and there was some support for it. There, There's... The, pr- the product, as it were, yes. is really simple, and people like it. We are going to give scholarships to children of need to attend authentic Christian schools, and we're going to give grants to organizations that would like to start a, uh, and I choose this word carefully, authentic, biblically-based Christian school. where the Ideally Bible, churches, right? Yeah, churches, but private organizations that are sure. going to use the Bible as the basis for everything that they teach, and their goal needs to be to raise, help raise biblical worldview children. Amen. That when they're adults, they go to the Bible first whenever something faces their life, that they, they go there first. Amen. All right, well, we got out ahead of ourselves here for a minute, but let's talk about you coming on board with uh, Illinois Family Institute a year ago and you're doing public school exit. We assign you everything from I-70 all the way out to Metropolis, right, uh, to the tip of the state of Illinois, which is a huge section. And, you know, you don't realize how big Illinois is until uh, recently I had to show a, um, a, a pro-life documentary up in Rockford, and the next day I was in Carbondale. <laughs> That's a big drive. It's, it's a long, <laughs> and it's quite not... Either way, it's quite not the end. Right. So, and you have to develop a bit of a southern accent as you're heading down there. So, <laughs> it just slowly develops the further yeah. south you go. I didn't realize things like bear were too syllable bear. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's funny down there. You've just got to slow it down and southern. That's right. It, yeah. That's right. 
But um, so you heard this uh, this message at the Iron Sharpens Iron thing. You wanted to get on board. We we got you on board, and and you're now directing and and facilitating meetings and trying to get a hold of pastors and trying to do all these good things to raise awareness of why it's vitally important that parents, grandparents, and church leaders, come on, guys, get our kids out because what the the, the building is on fire. Yeah, it's. There's not. We all hear about CRT and com, uh, Common Core and sex education. Yeah. You know these these things appear to be one-offs, but they're part of an integrated system right. to corrupt children into a Marxist, godless, uh, humanistic, sexualized worldview. Yeah. At folks, I've read the curriculum of kindergartners, first graders. It's not age appropriate. No, it's shocking. Do people realize that every kindergartner is asked questions when they walked in, and it's documented, by the way, and central the fe- sent to the federal government. Data hmm, gathering, why, data yep. gathering, yeah. But they're asked what pronoun at kindergarten in Illinois they want to be called. It's just, it's the journey How confusing begins. is that for a five-year-old, six-year-old? When I was hosting the IFI table at, at one of these events, I was approached by a homeschool family that were homeschooling their special needs daughter who could only communicate with her eyes. And she could only use her eyes to communicate. And they said that when they were at a special needs public school, and especially with special needs families, they tend to use the public school system because of the resources of the resources that the government provides. And so they were they were telling us at this preschool what they brought their daughter to, um, the teacher was asking all of these um, special needs kids, do you feel like a boy or a girl today? And their daughter, even How though old was the, daughter? the daughter was about four years old. Oh my gosh. Mm. And so the daughter is like wildly looking at her mom and yeah. Confused. Though, yeah she's yeah. like, Mom, this is way too young yeah, for them. Even, to even with the girl, yeah. her, her mindset uh, or her mind could only develop up to about, I think, five years old. But even even then, that, that little girl knew, like, this is, this not, is right. not right. Yeah. Well, there's a, I w- was looking at my, my uh, I use a document to talk to people about in these individual issues that in the collective end up with a, just a terrible public school system. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. we also mentioned that the, the p- academic performance across the country and, and specifically Illinois and Missouri and those areas is they're failing across all subject areas. That's right. They're not, kids are not grade proficient in math, science, English language, arts, history, reading. It, it's across the board That's and right. it's really bad. Um, there are nine different subjects that I speak to that are a part of this integrated system that are corrupting children. So, Can you read those off? Sure. It's, it starts with social-emotional learning, which yeah, is SEL. A, uh, yep. that's the beginning of kind of a CRT or culture, uh, critical race theory is, cr- creeps into it in Illinois. You ha- part of the licensing process is you have to pass a test on social-emotional learning. It's a Marxist critical race theory type of a program. Common Core, hmm. um, the yep. humanistic indoctrination that goes on. Critical race theory, it's everywhere in school. They Even might, if they don't call it They CRT. won't call it that anymore. They're, you know, they, can, they think they outfox parents and sure. people like us, but they don't. It's bait and switch. Right. The academic results that I mentioned, the National Sexuality Education Standards folks were written by the who's who, the progressive who's who, heavily influenced by Planned Parenthood. Yes, that's right. And these standards are 
awful. That's right. Think of this, guys. It's a I, I see no ulterior motives going on here. No, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> but a federal group out of the federal government creates standards to, to say across 15,000 school districts, you will do this, <laughs> period. And it's, it's pure corruption. You know, I want to make a point on that because, uh, and we'll come back to the rest of your list, because our state lawmakers passed a bill saying that our sexual uh, standards, our comprehensive sex ed program here in Illinois will be tied to the national standards. Here's the problem with that. The national standards can be rewritten without our legislative oversight. They've done it. They've tied it to it, and we're done. There's no going back. Right. So there's no oversight. So those standards, those national standards, can and will get worse. Mark my words. Okay. Keep, so keep going with your list, and then we'll take a You're break. absolutely right. And by, just uh, by the way, the people who wrote the standards, standards mean nothing until curriculum is developed. Yeah. The same people that wrote the standards are selling the curriculum. Follow the money. It's, it's corrupt, and it goes all the way to Planned Parenthood. Yep. Faux science. Yep. Climate change, uh, yep. uh, evolution. That's this right. is what's taught in these schools. The LGBTQ normalization in Illinois, as everybody knows, by eighth grade, you've got to pass a, a test. That's right. Proving that you understand. Are proficient in the history. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, David. And then last but not least, the heavy hand of the radical teachers union, yeah, federally and in, and in the state of Illinois. So Absolutely. the entire system works together with a, an agenda that is clouded, that it appears to be one thing, but it is not about bringing children, um, building their character, building their morals. It, it's it's a Marxist. It's about the collective. It's, raise, not th it's raising an army. Thank you. Of, of, of activists. Right. Yeah. Of, of progressive activists. It's a hive mind. It, it's a hive mind. That's exactly right. And you think about our poor kids are being hard-pressed on every side. We're talking about spiritual, emotional, intellectually. Physically. Physically. We, we've got reports out of uh, even IFI just recently. Tom, uh, Tom Hampson just wrote an article about the sexual abuse that is going on by adults in our school systems. So, I mean, th ladies and gentlemen, if you don't see a good reason to get your kids out of government schools, I don't know. I don't know what you're you're not listening. You're not paying attention. We've got to get our kids out of the government schools and into not just out of a bad place, but into a good place where they're being taught the truths of the gospel. Amen. God's truth. And that's called discipleship, and that's vitally important. And we could talk a little bit more about that uh, when we come back in, but we want to also go back to the good soil, good seed, foundation, because it's vitally important. Tom, how do people get a hold of you at Good Soil, Good Seed if they want you to come make a presentation, especially in Southern Illinois? Yeah, there's a, uh, if you go to our website, www.gsgsfoundation.com, there's a contact form mm -hmm. and you just fill it out it has a section that said please you know do put whatever you want there right. that comes directly to me um, for those listening who have a piece of paper and a pen you can reach me at 312-371-9897 at any time and you can email me at tburrows at gsgsfoundation.com. That was a lot. I it's hope okay. We'll got put that. it in we'll, the show notes yeah. as well. But the, the foundation website is the most important, gs, 
Foundation. GSGS Foundation. GSGS. Don't forget those other two GSs. <laughs> GSGSFoundation.com. And you can fill out a contact form and send it right to you. All right. Well done. We'll be back and uh, after these important messages. Christians must champion the sanctity of human life, but it's not easy in abortion destination Illinois. For fresh insights on winning the fight for life, join the Illinois Family Institute Saturday, March 18th at the Village Church of Barrington for IFI's Pro-Life Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. Nationally acclaimed life leaders Scott Phelps, Dr. John Diggs, and Scott Klusendorf will offer biblical, common-sense perspectives on how to make the protection of life normal again, even in Illinois. We want to bring it back to the question, what is the unborn? Is the unborn one of us? If so, the unborn should not be killed. If you believe that life is sacred and can and must be protected, then please attend the IFI Worldview Conference. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. As best defined, the pro-life movement aims to make abortions not merely illegal, but unthinkable, swept into the dustbin of history with legalized slavery, child sacrifice, and other historic evils. This means learning to see those often considered burdens differently. Well, back in 2017, Special Olympian Frank Stevens testified before Congress, quote, I'm a man with Down syndrome. My life is worth living. Yet in the U.S., babies born with Down syndrome are aborted 85% of the time. And yet, according to a 2011 study, which Frank cited in his testimony, children with Down syndrome, as well as their friends and family members, rank significantly higher on levels of happiness and personal fulfillment. Advocates of abortion claim to want to limit suffering by killing the sufferers. Every premise of that idea is just wrong. As Frank said elsewhere, quote, I want to fix the fact that sometimes people don't always look at us with love. When you fully get to know us, that's when you can fully learn to love us. Well said, Frank. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. paid there, Tom. <laughs> you want to talk about yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I, I'm very grateful that you have all this experience that, that have been built over decades, and now that you're applying it here at uh, Public School Exit or Rescuing the Children, and now Good Soil, Good Seed. Wonderful. This is so good. I didn't see this coming. When we started launching Get the Kids Out, Rescue Our Children, Public School Exit Time, um, I did not foresee um, a foundation coming uh, it's coming a about. It's a God thing. Oh, it is. Yeah. And it's under your leadership. And it's growing. The website is amazing. Um, the message is compelling. And, and so we just need now to get awareness and to market it, which, of course, is in a, you know, a spot that you're an expert in. And then we need to pray. Bathe it in prayer. In hope and, and pray. Because you know what? There's a lot of people out there who love what IFI does, right? They love, hey, it's important you fight these political battles, these cultural battles. Then there's a group of people who say, eh, not so much. But they hear about education. Yeah, education up. is so important. What I experienced down in the second largest population area in Illinois of all this kind of almost willful are you talking about Metro East St. Louis? Yeah, turning okay. their back on. Uh, Edwardsville's the example. Everyone moves to Edwardsville for the, its schools. 
mm. and it's sports. Okay. Okay. It's becoming the most progressive school district in mm. the state. Mm. It's, perf- it's performance academically is... I've heard of that from Cindy un, Bailey. ...un poco different than the rest of the state. It's still failing. Yet, and people say to me, well, at least it's not happening in my school. And this is Nashville, Illinois. This is Freeburg, <laughs> Illinois, towns that you guys have never been to right. and never will. They're so small. <laughs> they think, thank goodness it's not happening there. And it is. It is happening. And so parents have got to make a God decision. Are they yeah. going to follow the Lord and, and his instruction to raise our children to love and serve the Lord? Or are they going to let a Marxist, atheistic, government-run organization. So we got to talk about that. Will they let Caesar turn their kids into Romans? Thank you. The second thing I think is very important. I don't know how many teachers I've offended. (laughs) So I no longer try to do that. I I always say, by the way, this is about a system. It's not about an individual teachers. There's fabulous teachers. I cherish what you do. You're in a system that's broken. You're being forced to do things that you may not be comfortable with. We need you on the Christian education side, but everything I talk about is not directed at a teacher. Please don't personalize it. It's an an institution and a system. You're against the agenda. I'm against the agenda. I'm against the system. It's much larger than an individual teacher. By the way, if you're a teacher in this meeting who's doing this stuff, Mm -hmm. I am against you. Yeah. I I am. I've said that. And and the problem is (laughs) a lot of our teaching colleges, the colleges that are teaching future teachers, are indoctrinating them. So they're coming into this thinking it's a good thing to have this woke agenda. Well, the liberals and the progressives developed a strategy that I didn't really know about. This l- unknown guy by the name of Rush Limbaugh <laughs> used to talk about how, you know, they're going to use labels to separate us. And yeah. now it's we're racist, oh, we're time. white, yeah. we're they've got us covered and cornered. And uh-huh. I think and That's so right. uh, again. What can the next generation do? Demonstrate a heck of a lot more courage than the baby boomers did. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, we are, when I think of my father's generation and what they did, they were the greatest generation. Um, Storming the beaches in Normandy. Yep. And coming home and raising families. And I, I'm sure it wasn't all Building peaches. Building factories. Oh, it right. wasn't no, no. peaches and cream, but um, family mattered and uh, all that stuff. So, uh, So let's make sure we talk about those two things. Okay. I, I love your question. We can talk further if you oh. want to do it. I'm just We've been please, doing it. We're going to keep going here. Please help. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so so to answer your question though, Jenna, um, you've already answered your your own, your own question, right? About uh, why should you matter? Now, how how can you be involved? And you've answered that in part two uh, by being uh, coming to these events, uh, promoting these events. I would say that you know you guys can help promote this digitally. And, and the awareness, the brand name, the cause, why is it important? We want to get kids into good schools uh, that where, where they will be discipled. And, and we want to show success, too. We do tend to talk about all that's wrong. And as a marketer, I know that that's not the way to market. Yeah. You want to focus people on the light and the bright that's and right. the good, not the bad. Um, I love what Cesar LaFleur has to say about this. He says, what good is it? If your child can do math and science but doesn't know Jesus, if they're woke, they're woke and corrupt uh, morally, what good is it? But we need to we need to show. Okay, I'm going to really take what a risk. What is that noise, by the way, that keeps knocking? My chair. Okay, no, I right. can't even okay. move. Sorry. Um, 
we need to celebrate people like you, and we need to exalt you people humbly because <laughs> – Can you do that? It's an oxymoron. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a inherent bias on homeschooling that is hard. We, we oh, yeah. are underestimating how difficult that is to overcome. The stereotype the, yep. is very, very yep. strong. And, and <laughs> you know what? I'm searching for success models to be on the other side of the negative. I, we have to talk about the problem. But, but the solution of biblical worldview children has great academic results. It has great future. They're leaders. They're entrepreneurs. They're, these, these are very successful, uh, enviable young people. And that's not in our story yet, and we've mm. got to put it in there. So are you looking for testimonials? Testimonials. Uh, creative answers to how to get the message out in a way. It, my, biggest, my biggest fear is I'm talking to hard hearts. I'm yeah. talking to, I, I mean, I know it. I, I just spent lunch with my daughter. I... We talked about a, a situation, and I said, the only answer to this is the Lord. And she said, that's your only answer. Mm. But there's there's more than that. I said, actually, there isn't, um, Ellie. They're just, you know, you can you can say that I'm just a crazy far-right. Bible-thumping uh, Christian. Yeah, yeah, but you're right <laughs> on all of it. And if you can... If you can tell me where I'm wrong, maybe I won't say that anymore. But you, you got to give me a factual argument why I'm wrong, yeah. and you, you you won't be able to come up with one. Yeah. Emotionally, I can tell you're not comfortable. Yeah. With, uh, you know, they were raised Catholic. They don't even go to church anymore. You, you know what? One of the biggest um, um, attended college courses are in, in our, especially our um, junior colleges, remedial courses. Yeah. Remedial. Yeah. Because they have to start like back at you know algebra, algebra, uh, because they can't they're not ready for college math yet. Sure. Well, if you're going to go into underwater world fish basket studies weaving studies and get a degree there, you don't need to well, be actually, overly prepared. Dance theory. <laughs> Did you know that you actually can take a course and get credited for it in napping? That's an actual course that's going on. I think you might be able. I might be able to ace that one, Jenna. What do you think? No, I think you would. (laughs) Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Today, my daughter told me she, him, her, and Nick will take twenty-four weeks, twenty-six weeks, of of vacation of um, leave family leave. So you're taking a sabbatical or a? No, Illinois says twenty-six weeks for both of them. Paid. Paid. I think of leading a company, and I just lost my top sales guy or my. My yeah. uh, managing director of an entire public relations. Yeah. that That's an undue yeah. burden being placed on the uh, Oh, and I have to give them their job back the or at that same level. So bad. So wrong. It's the government. Yeah, just so wrong. Uh, I think, it, you know, a small organization like IFI is probably um, doesn't, is not included in that. But you know, for ministries, think about even a big ministry. How, how can you do that? How, how can you afford... To give somebody a half a year off, 26 weeks is a half a year, um, and not fulfill that Well, and let's just get commercial here. No wonder service is bad. Oh, gosh. I I mean, people are paid not to work anymore. (laughs) 
And here we are Literally. complaining about yeah. all the impact of not having good workers yeah. and not. Yeah. So this is so. So, OK, Let's well, go. this really just <laughs> points right back to the need to get our kids out of the government system because the government system is corrupt and get them into discipleship, Christian education, where they will learn a good work ethic, where they will learn to 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 um, be productive members of society, not leeches right. on society. Right. This is very important. Yep. Let's just reiterate one more time, though. This is why it's so important, okay, that folks check out gsgsfoundation.com and prayerfully consider making a donation. Hey, $25 a month would be wonderful if you could afford that. If you can afford $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, Tom, what would that money be used for? Well, by the end of 2024, mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we're praying that God fulfills our lofty goals. Amen. We, we want to raise a million dollars as soon as possible. Uh, it's a journey. Um, by the end of 2024, we want to have 50 scholarships. Yes. And we want to have 20 church grants. They're called Good Seed Scholarships okay. and Good Soil Grants. Beautiful. So we want to have, you know, we have numerical goals to go behind our financial goals. That's right. So, um, again, uh, so we, the money is going to go to the kids to go to a good, solid Christian school. The money, the grants are going to the churches to start a good, solid school. Yeah, or we've got families that are working with pastors. We've got independent. Yes. We've just got people who want to start a business called, you know, XYZ Christian Academy. Right. Or something like that. And, and you know, we're, we're trying to ensure that these places really are biblical uh, based, we use we direct them to a couple of different curriculums. Yep. One is called My Father's World. It's it's for those that just want to really get going and organically start a school. And there's another organization from the Foundation for American Christian Education. That's right. They have a program called the Principal Approach. I I would argue that that's the kind of real traditional K through 12, high academic, classical, classical education. education. Not that my father's world can't grow to K through 12, but it's just one is a real planful approach. uh, The principal school, my father's world is truly an organic. Let's just get the seeds in the ground and let's go, go, go. Pastor Randy so. Bland uh, has used the Becca curriculum. Good curriculum. Um, my friend and one of the board members, uh, Christian Liberty Academy, has a bunch of homeschool curriculum uh, that could be used in a school setting as well as just homeschooling, Christian Liberty Academy stuff, uh, Christian Liberty Press. So these are all good alternatives. There's more. I mean, and we're only hitting the, the uh, tip of the iceberg here, but uh, these are some of the, the curriculum that you've reviewed, I've reviewed, and we stamp of approval. These are great ways to help teach your kids academics through a biblical lens. All of this is to say that we're going to vet the schools Amen. that That's right. the kids want going to go to or the, that the planting that wants to be done. Uh, we need to vet them to, to make sure that they're, we're all on the same page. You know, folks, there's a lot. If you send your child today to a... Uh, private Christian school that's certified by the state, yeah. you better look out. There's probably uh, strings attached to that certification that's that right. start that's to right. get into the curricular 
the, the, the curriculum and more secular curriculum being used. So, you know, we're recommending nobody get certified. Right. Keep the state, keep the, the federal government The only certification I need, Tom, is the birth certificate of my child. There you go. That's all I need. Yeah, there you and, go. And, and I'll tell you what, this is also why we don't necessarily like the idea of vouchers because vouchers come with strings. Mm -hmm. If we'd rather go with tax credits, get the parents tax credits for spending their own money um, on on school alternatives. Right. And by the way, uh, we, we, we had a meeting yesterday, you and I, Tom, with some others, um, going over, like, for example, Springfield, Illinois, spends on average $19,000 per student per year in their public schools. Guess what? You're homeschooling. If you're doing a Christian school, you're not going to spend near that amount. And 100% of that money yes. can't come from tax dollars, either property taxes or the state. Amen. It's a, it's a redistribution of wealth program. It certainly is. It's a socialistic system. Uh, so you're paying a lot. You're not getting a lot out. You're paying for a big bloated system full of administrators. We, of course, when you have a Christian school, when you have a homeschool, you don't have that. Correct. So um, we do believe at Good Soil, Good Seed and at IFI that the best answer is homeschooling. Yes. I, I think it, it's so elo eloquent. It keeps the family focused Absolutely. Uh, together, keeps them on a task for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, approach. But it, but we also recognize that not everybody can do it. Yep. And there's single moms out there, especially, for example, uh, who need help. And uh, Christian schools should, and churches should come alongside. Grandparents, parents, help out. This is what we need to do. We yep. need to rescue our children. The building's on fire. They are uh, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually in danger uh, um, and, and we don't want them to be in that situation. We want them discipled to be followers of Jesus Christ. You know, the, I think our, my most important constituency, and quite frankly, one of the more frustrating constituencies, are pastors. We need them to stand up and stand for children. And I understand that they many of them have problems because... They have school administrators in their church. They have principals. They have teachers in their church who may not necessarily go along with the program. But their job is to fill the pulpit with the Word of God. The Word of God. And the Word of God is clear. It's not. They're not against any administrator or teacher in that church. I know it takes courage. Um, I look at Jenna here with her lifestyle and approach as a young uh, what are you, Gen Z? Yes, okay. Gen Z. I'm, I got to keep up. Generation on that. Z, yes, sir. With courage beyond much of what I see in with pastors, and again, it sounds so critical, but they're our answer. Churches are our answer That's right. uh, because they have buildings, they have open space, and they have the heart of God. You know, the, I, and by the way, pastors do not have to be the administrator of the school. No. Uh, they don't need more work. I recognize that. And they don't have to have more work by starting a school. So at risk of, of extending this a little too long, but um, I have to tell the story. Um, Dr. Wayne Grudem was in speaking for IFI a few years ago, uh, and he was in front of a group of pastors um, and was talking about why we need to be involved in politics and social issues, Right. And um, one pastor from Peoria rose, raised his hand and said, um, how do you deal with a situation that, I, like, for example, I'm facing? I have a church that is half of it are blue-collar 
you know, warehouse workers, construction workers. The other half are white-collar executives. The one half is Democrat. The other half is Republican. What do I do? I'm going to split my church if I start talking politics. And Wayne Grudem said, don't talk politics. Talk issues. Talk the Bible. Talk the Bible. What does the Bible say about abortion, marriage, life, pornography, all these issues? Two, two thoughts on that. There's yeah. a, a conference people, pastors can go to, called the Liberty Pastors Conference. That's right. Put on by Paul Blair and another gentleman. Dan on Fisher. It. Dan Fisher. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, anecdotal evidence that if you do talk about issues and the Bible, it works. The largest church in St. Louis. And now when you're in St. Louis in southern Illinois, you're in the Bible Belt. You're in a lot of churches are there. And it's it's much different than northern Illinois. Um the largest church in the St. Louis metropolitan area, Grace Church, the pastor noticed that these woke issues were creeping into the church. And um, he faced exactly that. And I'm going to pull a quote from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> it used to be left or right. Now it's right or crazy. <laughs> that's right. And that's how far apart. So... Uh, thank the Lord, this pastor said, I'm going to go the way of speaking to these issues uh, biblically. And this guy put a bunch of money at, at risk because he split the church up. Oh boy. It, 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 they lost a third of their membership because no there were people that didn't think the pastor should speak to these issues. Um, they're growing, they're coming back, and the uh, pastor never had a frown on his face one day. He recognized that this is where God... It's sifting. You got to sift the soil. You got to sift it. Political issues. That's right, right, guys. These are core biblical issues. And so that's what we're encouraging the pastors. These are not political. These are biblical issues. Deuteronomy six, Ephesians six talks to the fact that parents need to disciple their children. Go ahead, Jenna. Well, pastors are told to be shepherds of their congregation, right? Mm -hmm. That's Christ ordered them to do so. And if the children of the church are being caused to stumble in the public schools um, by all of this indoctrination. being taught to stumble, right? Aren't these pastors responsible for taking those children out? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. I'm not, it doesn't, uh, I'm not lost on the fact that we're sitting here telling pastors what to do and none of us are pastoring a church. Right. Uh, But the, the truth is the truth and you just said it. Who's going to help rescue these kids if the church doesn't step in? And Sunday school, folks, what did I read? Sunday school, if you if you went K through 12, is what, 400 hours? Mm-hmm. Public school education is 15,000 plus hours. <laughs> yeah. Never, and that's, you know, think of the socialization around yeah. that. That's, right. that's peers, not included yeah. in that, the peer mm-hmm. influence. That's right. I mean, I'm told today that furries and... And trans and LGBTQ, they're the heroes in school now. Yeah, that's they're right. The, they're the popular kids, as it were. And, and there's a social contagion that is uh, going wild through all the little kids in the schools mm-hmm. because this is the way you become popular. So past- you identify as furry or, or yeah. whatever. Pastors, uh, we at, at Good Soil, Good Seed, and I think I can speak for IFI, we appeal to you to help us. That's right. Aggressively uh, help uh, help us solve this problem. By the way, there's different solutions to just, you don't have to start a private school. You can offer 
space to homeschool and you do one class on God every day. That's right. Um, you can, there's, there's hybrid models of, of co-op. Uh, they're kind of like one-room schools. That's right. There's university models all the way to a private school. There's even forest schools. And yeah. there's a cool idea <laughs> called forest schools where all the education's done outdoors. Yeah, check out Free Haven Forest School. We did an interview with Rachel a few uh, episodes ago. But Jenna, you had something else you wanted to say. Pastors do have a huge influence with their congregation. Absolutely. And for example, at the IFI banquet last year, we had speakers Kevin and Sam Sorbo. And Sam Sorbo is a very, very active proponent of Get Your Children Out of Public School. She just told the audience outright, if your kids are in public school, you're basically, you're you're not doing your due diligence as a parent because you are corrupting your children. Or allowing the corruption of your child. Yes. There was a mom there that was very upset about that because she had children in her public school. And she was talking to my co-host, and saying, I, I don't believe this at all. I don't believe this at all. And they go to the same church together. And so they said, well, why don't you ask our pastor? And the pastor was there that evening. So the mother went right up to the pastor and said, Pastor, do you agree with Sam Sorbo? And he said, well, have you seen what's going on in the public schools? The only answer to that is yes. And her face went ashen. And she realized, oh, I've got to get my kids out of public school. Great story, Jenna. I mean, that, that shows that pastors can make a big influence outside of the pulpit yeah. right i mean pastors have gravitas yeah leadership is leadership whether you're standing on a pulpit in a pulpit or and whether you want yeah. it or not yeah. well, and what a great way to answer you know what's going on in the schools you answer the question yourself yeah. <laughs> have you seen what's going on uh, it, i'll tell you though one of the biggest things i face out doing this on a day-by-day basis is families and pastors saying, thankfully, it's not happening in our schools. Boy, this is bad. It's happening everywhere but here. And I point out to them that, do you really think that's the case, that every other place in Illinois is bad and you're way above the curve? Yeah. You're the outlier? You're the exclusion. Yeah, you're not. All right, we got to wrap this up. But this this is why. This is the time we need to act. The building is fully engaged. The smoke is pouring out of the windows. We need to get the kids out now. So with all that said, I want to just encourage you to please help us get the word out. We need to raise awareness. We need to market this idea of good soil, good seed, and we need your donations. So if you're willing to do any one of those things, would you please go to gsgsfoundation.com and see what you can do to promote it, to market it, or to give money to it because we need your support. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jenna. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your leadership and what you're doing. Yep. Thank you. GSGSFoundation.com. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tom, for being here with us. And thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.